Welcome back to the Life Beyond the Summit Faith Journey Podcast for Men. I'm your host, Steve Crowdis, and Ken and uh, Andrew are ba- both back in studio. And we're going to continue the conversation we've been having because we think it's so important, uh, this notion of being resolute, resolved to be in God's Word, to be close to Him, to know Him more intimately, to be more faithful to Him. And today we thought what we would do is take a little bit different track and kind of talk about His faithfulness to us. Don't you guys agree that would probably be a good... We can't have faithfulness to him if he didn't have it first toward us, right? He first showed his faithfulness yeah. before we did. Yeah, it, Absolutely. The, you know, the Bible says we were fearfully and wonderfully made. He gave us the gift of life. It was really all about him. So we are to follow ultimately his lead, and his lead is one of faithfulness. So any any opening reflective thoughts, Andrew, before I get into Hebrews here? Well, I think that if we can look at the life of Jesus— and paint the picture how he had a, a life that he had to fulfill, which is dying for the sins of mankind, and being faithful to that mission to the Lord, and that God the Father was his Father. And he yeah. proved that how important being in the Word was and being faithful to God by remembering his Word and living by his Word every day. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So if we can just take a look at Jesus' faithfulness, it'll help us to see that we he's our example, and mm-hmm. we need to look at him in every way. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it'd be a nice idea to, to open in prayer, and I will do that, and then we can dig into his word. Heavenly Father, um, thank you so much for what you've done for us. First, in creating us, your word says that you made us faithfully and wonderfully and skillfully you made us lord and we are so thankful for life itself and then the fact that lord that we would despite our strain despite our our pushback and our willful way lord that you would send ultimately your son to die for us that he became uh he became our source of forgiveness our source of oneness with you through the cross through jesus christ in his life and lord i just pray as we endeavor to um, to talk about your word and talk about your faithfulness today, Lord, that you would do something inside of us, each one around this this uh, micro, these microphones and those who may be listening, Lord. Touch our hearts, prick our hearts, Lord, that we might love you and be more faithful to you, even as you have been so incredibly faithful to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, let's take a look at Hebrews 2.17. We thought this would be a great place to start, and then we're just going to begin our, our dialogue like we do, kind of the back and forth and just working through this as we as we do and as we need to. For this reason, I uh, uh, Hebrews 2.17, for this reason, if you got your Bible hand, open up to it. So for this reason, I had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of people. Wow. Read the first sentence real quick one more time. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of his people. Wow. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, in other words, he, Jesus, had to be made, you know, remember he was all God and all man Mm -hmm. on this earth. Mm -hmm. He had to be made like us Mm -hmm. so that he could prove his faithfulness 
to the to to God, and that if he wasn't like us, um, he would be in, in essence kind of cheating. In other words, I think the Bible is clear, and I don't know if everybody agrees with this, but he had, even though he had no sin, and he was born sinless, he was still under the pressures of this world and the temptations from the devil. And he was made in the likeness of God, but yet, yet he had no sin. But he, he was he 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 had he was a fleshly guy. He had fingers. He had eyes. He had a heart. He had ears. He had the feelings of possibly hopelessness mm-hmm. and fears, uh, like all of us do, and the pressures of this world. And I think sometimes people are like, well, you know, he was Jesus. He he was God. That was easy for him. But, we're, you know, look at us. We're not God. We weren't born that way. And so we're not like him. But the Bible's clear. It says he was made in the likeness of men so that in this world he would have to be faithful under all of these circumstances that we deal with, with this scary world that we live in, so that in the end he could be faithful to fulfill mm-hmm. what was his goal and, and the purpose of his life is to die on that cross. And to that point, Andrew, his faithfulness, he was demonstrating not only to his father, but to us as well, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the apostles, so that they, in turn, could show faithfulness. Admittedly, they didn't do it perfectly, nor, nor do we, I'm quick to add, but that model is there for all of us. I mean, it... He certainly demonstrated his faithfulness to God the Father, but he also was showing us how to be faithful, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. provided the perfect model. You know, Ken, I think uh, you weren't here for a podcast several weeks ago. It's certainly been since the first of the year during this whole you know, discussion of res- being resolute that I talked about when you go to a foreign country, you have to work inside that currency of that country in order to transact the currency that God had to work within was that which would be the same as us. This notion of coming in the likeness and the, the, you know, he was man. And, but I think in, in the end, the only way to transact to oneness with the Lord would require him to come in a form of man, the form of man in order to bear man. You know, he had to, he bore all of our, all of our transgressions, all of our iniquities. You know, we know what it says in scriptures. He took on the whole, personhood of a man in order to transact on behalf of a man. And uh, it really is a, a not only that, but we know from scriptures in Isaiah that he was, uh, or actually even all the scripture, he was born into poverty. His yeah. parents weren't well off at all. Right. And that he was born literally in a, in a manger. We know that's a place for, you know, uh, cows and, yeah. and, and animals. animals. Yeah. He, he wasn't, he didn't even have a bed. Came as low Mary didn't even have a bed. Came. Yeah. She gave birth in a barn, and that we know that Israel was at the lowest point possibly, or there are a lot of low points, but that was one of the low points. They were being ruled by a pretty strict political system under the Romans, mm-hmm. and um, they didn't really have all their freedom that they were experienced by running the temple. There was a lot of trouble in the places that he went. In other words, it wasn't a uh, Israel, the nation, Jerusalem, Bethlehem and all the cities, it wasn't their high, high moment. He, he, you know, it wasn't a fruitful, prosperous nation like it had been. So he came at the right time, the scripture says, 
So he didn't have, God, God knew the exact time, and Jesus wasn't given any advantages. And we know that, you know, technology wasn't great, so they didn't have great medicine. Me- medicine was probably very rudimentary. They didn't have operations. They didn't have Tylenol. They didn't have morphine. Uh, typically, yeah. if you had a disease uh, like leprosy, you were exiled. Uh, if you had any kind of cancer, that was it. You were done. Um, and we're talking 2,000 years ago when you had to plow the fields with a, uh, uh, maybe by either, uh, I don't know what the kind of animal was. There's no machinery. Everything was hard. Yeah. Everything was difficult. It took sweat, and, and, and we know you know, we can talk about all the ways he suffered, but this, this, this man, this God-man did not have it easy, Ken. No, no. It was, uh, it was a far, far cry from what we would know today, and we wouldn't hold up very well if we had to right. transport ourselves back into those conditions, I'm afraid. Well, yeah, look how quickly, how weak we are. I mean, we want an anecdote now. I, you know, when I'm not feeling good, I'll say, Susie, do you have something I can take for this? We do not stomach um, challenge or discomfort, discomfort very well. And, and uh, you know, we talked a little bit before the podcast and preparing for this, just the notion that Jesus never, until the cross uh, and through the cross, he never received deliverance from any of that until the cross. It, it took... It took taking on all of our shortcomings and all of our sin in a way that could not be fulfilled until the cross and its com- and his completion of of taking the cross as he did. I I it his pain was never satisfied until the cross until that experience was complete. And not just the physical pain, Steve, but he knew yeah all of this from day one. So the mental anguish was always there yeah. for him and it talk about i mean again present. the topic is fa- his faithfulness to us and we're, but we're, he didn't let's shrink let's... back he didn't he didn't uh he was not distracted from the mission right and we have to say all this in light of the the big picture is he was faithful to be reading the scriptures daily meditating on his father meditating on god's faithfulness to him and that that was the picture of how he lived his life. He knew the scriptures. I mean, he was God. He's reading about himself too. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of interesting. Yeah. But he couldn't prove his faithfulness. He couldn't be faithful unto his calling without all the things that we've talked about on this podcast daily, how to stay in the word, how to meditate on the word, how to have the word on your mouth, in your mind, in your vision, on your thoughts, in your ears, speaking the word and all those things. So I believe he lived by those scriptures. He clung onto those scriptures every day. Yeah, listen to this in Isaiah 53. It's just, you, you all know that if you've got your Bible handy and uh, you're not driving your car right now, <laughs> um, open it up and uh, and listen. I'll just begin at the beginning of this and read through a number of the verses, but it says, Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. So even even that, a root out of dry ground. So that would suggest to me that dry ground is not a glory-filled experience. It I mean, was dry tough. ground is parched. Yeah. You know, yeah, he drew up as a, as a root out of dry ground. 
He had no beauty. Listen to this uh, in verse 2. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his presence that we should desire him. He, he had no physical wow. advantage. Probably he had a he had a disadvantage. Yeah. He probably yeah. wasn't good looking. Right. He probably was below average or maybe well below average. Yeah. You know, we know that God judges people from the in, inward from the man, and but not the, outward the world judges everybody by their yeah. beauty. So why would you be attracted to a guy who doesn't look super good looking, yeah. you know? Yeah. So there oh, was yeah. no advantage there at all. Even looking, you know, to that point, Andrew, even looking at how we define beauty when we build statuettes and statues, it's always this, you know, well-cut chest and six-pack, seriously, hair, all, all the great... Good-looking good hair. All the great stone carvings, yeah. Caesar and many, many other caricatures. Muscular. They're always really handsome. Even Actually, even most depictions of Jesus are this incredibly handsome guy. Right. You know, over-the-top handsome guy. But here it's saying there was nothing about his appearance that attracted us. And, and here we want to drive home this thought. Remember, this is all about his faithfulness and what he would do to what length God would do to be faithful to us, even to the even to the point of not presenting him in a way that we would expect him to arrive. Who would expect a baby to be born in a manger? Who would expect him to be around the the stench of and the foul of the air associated with cattle and livestock and you know et cetera, et cetera, right? So right. Even the town he grew up with, grew oh, yeah. up in, in Nazareth, didn't his brother say, you know, what good things can come out yeah, of Nazareth? Exactly. It was like, yeah. it was like, you know, a downtown Chicago or an East St. Louis, nothing good. It was yeah. a lousy town. It was a nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Again, he had, this is amazing. No beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance. That's a strong word that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. And stopping right there for a minute, suffering would suggest it was ongoing. It wasn't something that he was delivered from, as I said, I don't believe until the cross. The cross is where he experienced delivering, but deliverance, but even there would have been great pain and great shame, right? I mean, there was nothing attractive to the way that he was put to death. Um, in fact, that was, you know, in the day that was considered one of the worst ways to be put to death would have been hanging right yeah. on a cross before man in a, at a crossroads where everyone could see what was going on. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man suffering and familiar with pain, like no one whom people, I'm sorry, like one from whom people would hide their faces. He was despised and he was held in low esteem. Now think about that. You know, the person who's despised and held in low esteem, generally people want nothing to do with, and this is the form that he took on. A, a willingness to be the one whom nothing would, whom no one would want anything to do with. Think how that would affect your self-esteem if you felt entirely rejected, entirely despised, entirely scorned, entirely ridiculed. That's not a very pleasant place to find oneself. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, uh, what one of us doesn't want to be popular, what one of us doesn't want to have lots of friends, what one of us doesn't like to experience the great benefits of that are available to those who are looking for it. He wasn't that. In verse 4, surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. Again, his faithfulness. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. Yet we considered him punished by who? God. So and stricken, stricken by God. Wow, and afflicted by God is what the impl the implication there is. Yet we considered him 
punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. Let me stop right there. It reminds me of people who are born like young children. Maybe they look different. They have a cleft lip. Yeah. Or they can't speak right. well, or they're sick, or, you know, maybe they have they're some missing. other condition. Yeah, other yeah. condition. You know, Jesus was given no advantages. As a matter right. of fact, he probably as was as least advantaged in, in terms of... It, in other words, if you look at if you look at sometimes I think people are like, well, why did my ch- why is my child like this when everyone is different? Why did I have this terrible luck or why why did, right. whatever the case whatever may the be. case may be, we can look to Jesus, who was really born into a world of disadvantage, major disadvantage, mm-hmm. and God purposely put that on him for a reason, yeah, for so that he. Uh, would be taught by his father how to remain faithful despite all of the challenges in front of him. And it reminds me, people think, well, as you were talking, Steve, well, people would say, well, he had his disciples. He had plenty of friends. Or he had um, he had all the people wanting to touch him and wanting to be near him. He had big crowds to talk to. But I think, really, if you look at the scriptures, he probably suffered quite a Lonely. Yeah. Well, in many ways, you know, he was constantly around people who maybe just wanted to get to him for their own personal advantage. They didn't really need him for anything else. Let me touch him. Let me be near him. He's probably a man very familiar with grief, suffering, sorrows, relationships. Absolutely. I, I really believe he experienced a lot of suffering in this world, even before the Garden of Gethsemane. And Andrew, I think to your point, a lot of people came to him out of their own selfish, yeah, self-interest and and desires. And do we do that? Whether it was just wanting a a healing or just to to hear him teach, thinking that well maybe he's going to have something, right, a little nugget here that I can pick up and and run with myself. And uh, but how many came to him out of a genuine, genuine desire? To fellowship with him, to, that's something else to too. Cultivate a a friendship mm-hmm. and a, a true relationship with him. That's something else, kind of interesting too. He didn't fit the bill for the kind of person that you typically would want to go listen to. I mean, he didn't have you know Rolex watch. He didn't have lizard skin shoes. He didn't have a Hart Schaffner Marks suit, which used to be the craze when when Ken and I were in the professional business world. That's what you know. Everybody said, get a Hart Schaffner. Get a heart suit, you know, that was what they said to do. He didn't have any of that. And in, in addition, he, he wasn't probably, like we just said, very appealing to look at. I mean, it said so in Scripture, yeah. that there was nothing that would make us But we also know him. that his cousin, John the Baptist, was beheaded. That had to yeah. be profound. We also know that um, he was constantly under the pressure of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Yeah. He had his life attempted multiple times, yeah. and God gave him, you know, Gave him the way to escape. Yeah, um, he was trying to be tricked and pressed on by the political system in the probably through the three year ministry quite a bit. He 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 got to the end of the three year ministry, but um, he really had to walk by faith because they wanted to kill him from the beginning because yeah. he yeah. posed the threat. Yeah. And I'm sure he saw a lot of death. A lot of crippled people, a yeah. lot of mute people, yeah. a lot of people with 
strange diseases and a lot of suffering in that land. Probably way more than we have ever even thought of because we live in a pretty technologically advanced and we, we don't see death hardly at all. But I, I just think that he suffered emotionally, not not like you know you think that me and you suffer emotionally, but he was constantly around sorrow and grief. And even says in Isaiah 53, yeah. he's a man accustomed to, what's it say? Um, uh, familiar, familiar with, yeah. Uh, grief and sorrow. Yeah. Uh, he was oppressed and afflicted, and yet he did not open his mouth. Wow. Yeah. I mean, okay, well, stop there a minute. I, yeah. I skipped a few scriptures to get to what you wanted to say, and I didn't even read what you said, Andrew, but he was afflicted and he didn't complain. He didn't gossip. He didn't say, this isn't fair. This isn't right. So let's remind ourselves, the three of us and the audience, we're talking about faithfulness here, faithfulness. I mean, not only was God faithful to you and I and all of humanity to send to send a, a, a Savior, to send Jesus to allow us to be back in fellowship with himself based on what happened in the garden and our falling away, but, but his son was faithful back to him, and he was on a single minded mission to glorify the father and and to lift man into a place of oneness with the lord talk about a purpose-driven life i mean jesus did not relent did not relent he stayed on you know he was on mission and he was on point and he would not he would not look to the left or right i, I love that scripture that says he considered not equality with god something i mean think about what he could have done to relieve his own pain he could have said you know what this isn't worth it i can't do that i am I allowed myself to come in the form of a man. And because I'm in the form of a man, I'm suffering like a man would suffer. I can't take it. He could have decided this isn't worth it. And, you know, we know in the garden, right, there was a point in which he wanted to pass the cup of it. Nonetheless, he said, you know, Lord, if you can take this cup and pass it, because he knew what was ultimately going to happen. He knew what was right around the corner, his arrest, all of the, all of the trial and all of the, you know, he took the, uh, the lashings and the spitting upon and the rock throwing and all of it. He took, he knew that was coming and he knew that that would literally be the most difficult of suffering and pain. But the key but he words that came on, after that were, but not my will, but, but thy your will. will be done. Yeah. He was all about the father. Well, how did he faithful, know? Faithful, faithful, faithful. Let me ask you a question. How did he, he said, not my will, but your will be done. How did he know the will of God? He had to stay in the scriptures. Through the word. He had to know the word. He, yeah. Daily. 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 He, he is not any different than us. In than, than us. We're, we're, we, he's our example and we're his followers. I would imagine, Steve, with all the, call it bad news that he would hear every day of, of issues and problems, it would, you know, we get discouraged quickly. Yeah. You know, a car goes dead, we've got to replace it. Lose a job. Yeah, whatever. whatever. We get discouraged if our kids are discouraged. So we have bad news hitting us all the time, and we're easy to kind of fall off. We have the, very low tolerance. Yeah. But Jesus had to continuously remind himself of God's faithfulness by his word. So he had to walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah. You know, he, he is our example. How can we look to anything else or anyone else yeah. except for our faithful Jesus, our Savior, who is faithful to his Father? He's the model. Yeah. He's, he's, what we, he's what we follow. 
he, he is the example that we are to emulate. And, you know, I, I like this word faithful. You know, I, I mentioned this a little while ago. I know it sounds maybe silly, Ken, but, you know, I said, um, when you ask somebody, they've been to a, had a wonderful meal. Oh, I'm so full. They can't take another bite. Well, when you think of the word faithful, are you, Ken, am I, Steve? Are you, Andrew, faithful? Are you just so full of faith? You can't take another bite. And I, I think the answer for most of us is no. There's always room for more faith. The kind of faith that Jesus had, he was faithful. He was full of faith. So much so that he was willing to do what it took to do what it took to do. Does that make sense? Um, Reading on here, it says in verse 5, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. I mean, that's a big thing too, crushed. Really? Am I willing to be crushed for his inequities? Am I willing to be crushed for the goodness and the grace and the mercy and the glory of God? Or am I going to shrink back when the when the question is asked or when the when the challenge is before me? Uh, choose you this day whom you will serve. Am I willing to? to I want to say yes, but I don't. We have no idea what this means. I mean, well, we're, was we're cru- reading these words. Yeah, and he was crushed. Happened physically on the cross and and he was crushed emotionally and and when he was on the cross as he was being crushed by the piercing of his hands and the crown of thorns and hanging hanging from us two sticks or two pieces of wood he said father forgive them for you know for they know not what they do yeah you know what would we be doing we'd be like you know cursing or resentful bitter and angry and but he 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 took it. He took yeah, the punishment yeah. for our sins. It says, and the punishment that brought us peace was, was upon on him. him. Wow. Yeah. So whatever I deserved, he was wearing that twenty four seven for the for the <clears throat> length of his life and his public life. You know, three years. But really, he he was on mission from a young age. I mean, yeah. that, that whole the whole story about uh, when he was. They lost him. Remember his body? They lost him in the temple for three days. And he was teaching. He'd gone up from years, Bethlehem or Nazareth to Jerusalem for some sort of celebration. And, yeah. and they lost him. They lost him. Headed home <laughs> without him. And, and, didn't yeah. he, and didn't he say, where were you? They said, I was about the father's business. I was, yeah. And what, he was like 12 years old, wasn't he? Yeah. He, he was, was talking, young 12, was talking yeah. to he, the other, uh, uh, you know, People of the temple. Teaching in the synagogue. Yeah. That, and yeah. you know what, you guys, this is kind of exciting. This is what's cool about this podcast. You get things pop up in your mind and your heart when you're doing this. And something that just strikes me is here he's, here he's somebody that no one would have would have projected to be this person. And yet, not because of his appearance, not because of his you know swagger, not because of his Rolex watch and his patent leather shoes or his heart shafter and mark suit, not because of that, but because of the profoundness of the word that was coming out of this kid. He had the temple courts full of, I guess, Sadducees and Pharisees and the teachers of the law. They were they were on their knee listening to the profound, prophetic wisdom, might, power that was coming out of this Pro- kid. Probably the age of 13, 14, or 15. Yeah, just a kid. Yeah. Who listens to a prodigy like that? Not well, many. what I think is really amazing, th- now think of this will kind of blow your mind as you were talking. God sent Jesus, not the beginning of the story of mankind, but about 4,000 years later. So from, from Adam to Abraham, 
to Moses, to David, you know, right there at the end of the Old Testament, he sends Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is all man, and yet he's all God. And <clears throat> Jesus has to learn the scriptures from all the accounts that have been written from the prophets that God had mm-hmm. sent before mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. So he's been now given the word so that he can be faithful on his journey here on earth so that now we, <clears throat> excuse me, are in the same situation. We're born in this mm-hmm. world. We don't know what's going on. We became a Christian. Mm-hmm. And now we have to look back on the account of Jesus and on the account of all the prophets and all the stories in the Old Testament mm-hmm. and all that the disciples did in the in the beginning of the church so that we can prove ourselves also faithful. But without the word, Ken and Steve, you're lost. How can you be anything close to faithful without the account of the word? And not just, yeah, I've read it, I've looked at it. No, no, you guys, you got to really look intently and you got to make it a part of your daily life. Mm. And I think in addition to the word, the word abide comes to mind for me. Jesus was no doubt an example of what it takes to abide in him, God the Father. That's good. He was abiding in him on a daily, hour-by-hour, minute-by-minute basis. So he had that, that relationship that he was Oh, yeah. Utilizing and, I agree. And, and taking advantage of. Yeah, absolutely. I just uh, thought of this scripture, and this is a little different one than we were going to look at, but I'll look at this real quick. In Luke 2, uh, it is 41 through 52. I won't, I won't do the whole thing, but it talks about, if you, go, if you go look at that scripture, you don't have to look at it specifically, but in the body of that text, uh, Luke 2, 41 through 52, there is a comment about how he was about his father's business. And that is just so powerful to me that, wow, you know, he was on mission. He was on point. He never lost sight of what he was called to do. And he is the example that's been set before us. I mean, not only did he deliver us into relationship with God, but he sets the pace. He sets the course for those of us that decide to follow in his footsteps. He, you know, he, he, as, as a disciple maker, the model was go into all the world. He said so in, in Matthew 20, what is it, 29, 26, 20, 29? 20, yeah. 28 or so. 20, somewhere, somewhere right in there. Go into all the world and make disciples, teaching them to obey all that I command. So that's good, Steve. So back in Luke, I found in Luke 2. So he's probably, let's just say he's around 13 years old, okay? Go, go, to, verse, um, go to verse 44. In Luke 2, it says, But suppose him to be in the caravan and went a day's journey, and they begun looking for him yeah, this among their lost. relatives and acquaintances. And I'm going to keep reading. But re- remember, this is a 12 or 13 or 14-year-old kid who is now self-taught. Mm-hmm. No one's been teaching him. The Holy Spirit's been teaching him through the Scriptures. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then after three days, they found him in the temple. So remember, Mary and Joseph are looking for him for three days. Three days sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. 
When they saw them, they were astonished. They were looking about the word astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us this way? Question mark. Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them, why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand the statement which, which he had made. And it goes on and so forth. So yeah, yeah. He, wow. he was even faithful at a very young age young that he was age. able to handle the scriptures appropriately and not mess them up. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah. to, to, to the point earlier about him being despised and, and not having an appearance that would right. be typical. His own parents didn't really understand him to the point that they knew where to look for him. They were in Jerusalem right. three days before it occurred to didn't them. Didn't even think about the temple. That where he might be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand their panic. Their, well, they didn't have their, texting. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they didn't, didn't have, have their cell phone. They, they, yeah. they couldn't ping his cell when phone. When you lost somebody, you lost location. Them. Yeah. But just the fact that they didn't. And they and they raised him, Ken. And they still an didn't idea. identify. I mean. And they even knew, they knew uh, that he was the son of God. He was the Messiah. Yeah. Because of the angel's visitation and all of it. She you cherished know. it in her heart. She cherished it in her heart, and yet they who birthed what they knew to be the Messiah just couldn't connect the dots. You know, it, it, it's it, just like we've said about the disciples. No, I was just yeah. going to say we said the same thing about the disciples. We know that as he prepared to go, they were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What do, what do you mean you're leaving? Where are you going? Yeah, you're just getting started. We got to, we got to, we got to bring our rulership. We're all going to be high priests yeah. in in this new kingdom on this earth." We're going to kick out Rome, and we're going to become yeah. man. We're that, ugh, you know, we're we're the we're the go tos, and none of that, of course, was in his plan as they intended or thought it would be. Uh, yeah, it's just um, never wow. never was it in their mind that they would become the disciples that would, are in the New Testament, would build the church, and that their life would change so dramatically that they would be fishers of men, and that they would also suffer. Greatly, their lives greatly were in be their required lives. Required of them as well. Yeah, and you know when we hear that, it's like, well, I don't want to suffer, but really, this is our calling. You, you, not that, not that God, you know, God. This is the way. If Jesus suffered, we will suffer on this earth. If he was despised by men, so will we be. Yeah. If he was scourged, we may be. If he was rejected, we will also be. But in the same light, we also want to be faithful to. Knowing his word. And we talked about the Holy Spirit. He gave us, you know, it's funny, that, Steve, that the, the Holy Spirit is called the helper. Mm-hmm. He's called other things, but I kind of, it's kind of cool that when I think of the Holy Spirit, you, you think of the helper. It's, it says it all. He's the helper. <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not even, he's not even taking it a, a term that would be, uh, what's the word for it? An enlightened term, a helper. Yeah. Oh, I'm just a helper. I'm just a helper. In yeah. my business, a helper is one of the lowest of the low. And you know, a counselor. Construction and he's called yes, a, counselor. a counselor. And I mean, what what do we think of when we think of the word counselor? He also so, helps, but yeah. it's someone we get advice, advice from, from right? We get guidance from, from. Guidance we get direction. From, yeah. So, and how how yeah, is the helper. the helper and the counselor, the Holy Spirit, um, give us understanding? Is it through visions or dreams or nature or being on a lake? It, it is. It could be. Could be those things. But, but it's primarily, and I, when I say primarily, I'm talking like like well over 
I would say 99% of the time. Yeah, well, that's through his word. I'm not going to put a percentage on it, but primarily, it's but primarily, it's yeah. by reading the word and by reading the word and by meditation on the word yeah. and have it in your heart. And so this is the model that Jesus gave us. The other thing is a helper is not the person who's generally under the spotlight. A helper is a is a support is a quiet behind the scenes. I want to help you. I mean, it, in other words, Jesus never made it about himself. It was always about the Father. So, we're if we're not making this clear, hopefully we are. God and his, you know, of course, the three, the tr- the Trinity. We're talking about their faithful to their faithfulness to us. Faithful, they're full of faith. Their faithfulness to us should drive us to be faithful to them. There's just no substitution for what they've done. And we'll never find joy or happiness in this life apart from knowing him and enjoying faithfulness toward him, ourselves being faithful toward him. That is the answer. You know, I, I, I do a lot of coffees and I do a lot of armchair, you know, with, with even young younger men. And you you see in the younger generation's eyes and in their hearts, you can feel the pain, you can feel the frustration, you can feel the, I don't know what to do with my life thing. Mm-hmm. And you just feel like it's right here before you. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have to press into knowing him. So if you're a younger person and you're listening to this podcast, uh, we, we just want to encourage you. you I, I know there are many, many distractions. I know there are many ills and but frustrations. But the word, the word will give you direction. But the word will give you direction. And, you know, you, you say, well, I'm bored with it. Well, read on. It didn't work. Read on. You know, I mean, <laughs> just keep pressing on. It, you know, it, it its ability to work is not defined by us. It's defined by the Holy Spirit and by the word itself. We look, remember, we just read in Isaiah how we looked at him and viewed him and, and he wasn't anything to be looked at or viewed. So the way up in the kingdom is down. It's not, it's not, it's counter to what we're used to thinking. After talking about what he was not in Isaiah, let's talk about what, yeah, he, what was he was in first Corinthians yeah. one, nine, for example, Sure, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So that is, is yeah. so powerful. I mean, he, again, God has done the heavy lifting. He supplied the faithfulness. He supplied his son. It's just up to us to respond and to, to get in the word, to stay in the word, and just live that out day by day. And you know what, Ken, to your point, just now you're reading that scripture, what the temple was full of those who were not uh, inspired by all the features of who he was. And he was just a kid. They were inspired by the word that was coming out of him. And, you know, wow, if that's not a lesson to be learned for all of us, it, it was not about anything to do with him. It was about the word flowing out of him. That's what was delivering life to all those who would listen. Yeah. And can that scripture, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Without Jesus Christ, we really don't have hope at all because Jesus was resurrected, will be resurrected. If it was just about um, this world, well, great. you got 75 years if you got that, and then we're done. We go down to the, the dirt and our lives are over. 
But because Jesus gave us life on earth, he gave us a new mm-hmm. spirit, mm-hmm. he gives us hope, and he gives us eternal hope that one day we will be raised up just like him. So he's called us. He was faithful in the beginning, even though Adam and Eve had their issues and all the unfaithful uh, Israelites and all the shenanigans that went through all of you know uh, ancient history. He was faithful to send the little Messiah born in Bethlehem and then to live out that life to ultimately die on the cross, that if we accept him as his savior, our Savior, he's faithful to call us into that fellowship. And we have the help of the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth, that we can remain faithful to this great calling called Christianity, that we can point people to Jesus and transform lives, that we can have a life that actually has a greater calling, more than our families, our jobs, our wealth, our looks, our suits, or whatever. Our, we identify as Christians because our calling is to preach the gospel, to spread the word. It's all because he was faithful to, bring, to send Jesus. Yeah. And he, call, he called yeah, us when we were incredible. stupid. We knew nothing. We heard a word, and then somehow we started pursuing it, and we became believers, and now it's transformed our lives. And this is the cycle that keeps repeating itself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting to me, too. No other, this is kind of a cool comment really in a way or thought no other religion in the world you know we we talked earlier we witnessed to a gal that was doing some service work on andrew's car and we made the comment that all of the world all of humanity looks to something of a god you know they they want to believe there's something greater than themselves out there they can't help but look around and see there has to be nature nature, science, all of it. Everything kind of bespeaks to the fact that there is a quote-unquote higher power. It's really fascinating to me that no religion makes the claim that Christianity makes. And I think the reason they don't is it's a really bold thing to say that there is one who makes right a relationship with the creator himself. So Jesus' claim, and not just his claim, but the reality of the fact that he was the one who would bring atonement it's really an amazing thing. It, it, even though you get all these other religions, no one touches that. You know, they don't. They, they don't claim to have that. They, they believe, all other religions in the world believe you have to work your way. It's all about works. Where God has helped us to realize that in and of ourselves, we can do nothing. We are nothing. It's only through the cross. And frankly, that brings great hope to me and to the two around the microphones here, Ken and Andrew, and to the many listeners who themselves are believers, it's not on us. We can rest in the cross. But it doesn't mean that we can vacation in the cross. I mean, we're called to the same mission on levels that he was to glorify the Father. You know, the, the two commandments that Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your body, your soul, your strength, and everything that is in you. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And, we, you know, we may kind of try to that as a as couple of statements, but it really is. He says, what do you say about that? In that is all the law and the prophets that fulfills some sums it all up, right sums there. it all up. Yeah. Love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, strength, everything in you. And then love your neighbor yourself. Think about what would happen if we did that. Well, Ken or Andrew, what would it look like audience? What would it look like if you sitting on your couch right now, or are you driving down the road? If you really began to love him with every stitch of who you are, and how would that begin to transport you into a new level of freedom, a new level of peace? He says, my peace I leave you, my peace I give you. 
uh, a piece that passes all understanding. I, I, it would be a different world for all of us if we could really get a hold of those two pieces. You know, love the Lord your God. Glorify him with all of the members of who you are. Wow. I mean, it's yeah. that's, that would be faithfulness. That would be faithfulness. And he, he demonstrated faithfulness. Yeah, but we know in this world people have troubles. Yeah. There's troubles. There could be troubles tomorrow. You know, you, they yeah. pop up. Sometimes they come in pairs and triplets and quadruplets, and some of them are heavy and, you know, like sicknesses and money issues and problems at work and un- bad kids. I mean, the list goes on, and people get sidelined. I have, in my own life, been sidelined by bad news. And um, so Jesus also <laughs> had probably plenty of bad news hitting him. But somehow, through the word and knowing his father, he was able to remain faithful. So um, I, I'm not saying that you're, you know, you're not going to have bad news. It could be right around the corner, or you could, you know, maybe just keep plugging along and not have bad news. But we have to, we have to somehow be faithful to his word and keep it in our heart on a daily basis. The odds are we're, we're all going to have that troubles, the trials, the tribulations, the challenges. We're not going to escape that. It's important, however, to remember that when we share in his sufferings, we also will someday share in his glories and the resurrection and the benefits that have been ascribed to us through his work, through his sacrifice. So, Nobody likes pain. Nobody likes suffering. No. But when you offset that against the benefits, it does help put it in perspective and I think help make it bearable. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think you're right. You know, in Revelations twelve eleven, listen to this. It says, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb. So that's the cross, right? That's Jesus Christ. And then guess what? The word of their testimonies and what did they triumph over in the verses right before it it says they triumphed over the accuser which would be satan they triumphed over the powers of this world over the powers of darkness over the powers of sin but listen to this then in in a continuation of that verse 11 it says they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death isn't that amazing so not only were they saved by the blood of lamb and the word of their testimony but they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. If that isn't an illustration of what Jesus did for us and what he's calling us to do, and that reminds me, Andrew, of uh, Meshach. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and yeah, Abednego. And, and the one, I should know this, but one of the dudes said, hey, you know what? We will not bow to your gods. And go ahead and throw us in the furnace, and our God will deliver us from the fire. But even if not, I mean, I love that little butt yeah. tagline. Because I think it says it all about where their faith was. I mean, obviously, if they'd burned up, they couldn't have bowed down. But but his comment was, but even if we don't aren't delivered from the flames, we still won't bow down to your gods. We'll take the flames. We'll take the flames over by, bowing down to your gods. These are three guys, and they didn't have the cross. They didn't have Jesus before them. You know, and yet, but Steve, wow. I know they knew the word. Oh, they, they knew the they, word. They yeah. probably read it well, well yeah. over and over how God had they knew had delivered 
They knew many the word. others. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. That's right. They knew from the word. from the past. Yeah, they knew the word, and that so, that was why they had that said. We will not bow down. We're going to be thrown into this fire, or was it the? Uh, it was a fire. Into yeah, the, the fire. Yeah, into the fire. But yeah. even if we're not delivered, what was? But what was but, it? But if not, but if not, but if, but not, if not, so we will still not bow down to your gods. Yeah, but they knew because the word. They knew the word. How were they able to stand up they that courageously if the they word. did not know the word? Yeah. Yeah, and they didn't have, they didn't have the, uh, the, the they didn't have a bound Bible that they got at Zonderbahn bookstore. You know, they had the these tablets and right. papers and they scrolls. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have any of this stuff. I mean, you guys, that is faithfulness. Well, hey, listen, I I think it's a good thing we opened with a prayer. Let's close with prayer. Andrew, would you uh, uh, close us in prayer with this whole notion of faithfulness? Thank you, Lord. We want to be faithful, just as Jesus was faithful. And we want to be um, true to reading your word and studying it mm-hmm. and handling it well, not being inaccurate or not being deceived. So help us to find practical ways to be more faithful every day. And uh, we know the Holy Spirit's there to teach us. Wow. Help us, Holy Spirit, in every mm-hmm. way. And we'll look to Jesus, the high priest, who is faithful to God. Mm-hmm. And we'll try to see his example and uh, we ask we ask this for you, from you, Lord, in Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Well, Ken and Andrew, and audience, it's been great to be together today to podcast once again to break the bread of God's word. Um, we just really want to encourage you to to really think about in 2023 what does it look like to be faithful to Him and to His Word. How do we grow in our knowledge and the admonition of the Lord? We have to be in his presence, through his word, and through prayer. So, once again, Life Beyond the Summit. My, my Gmail, uh, my email account is lifebeyondthesummit at gmail.com. If you want to have coffee with me and you live in the St. Louis area, I would love to hear from you. 314-581-4272. Hot coffee anywhere is the invitation. Let's do it. I'll even buy. How's that? Anyway, uh, th- also, lifebeyondthesummit.com uh, is the website, and um, we're glad you came to join us today. We will continue to lift you up in prayer. Be praying for us as we navigate 2023 for topics and uh, and pertinence and things that relate to loving him more richly. Until next time, God bless and take care.